Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And 106.3 FM is Trent Condon, Ken Miller. And we're with you until 9 o'clock, or till, until 9 o'clock, until noon. Uh, we appreciate it. It's going to be long when Trent put up. Boy. 11 hours of recapping Cyhawk. I've done but it before. Yeah, probably have. Uh, but today we're only here until noon or just beforehand. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Bottom of the hour, Scott Dockerman uh, from The Athletic. We will get the Iowa perspective of high, of a Cyhawk from Doc at 10.30. Bama Bob Trent and I go around college football at 11.05. Michael Swain covers Iowa State for Cyclone Alert 24-7 uh, sports under that umbrella. And he will join us at 11.30 or thereabouts. Week number one in the NFL, almost over, uh, as it will conclude here tonight, Mr. Monday Night, with an appearance late in the program. Ravens, a four-point favorite or thereabouts over the uh, homestanding Las Vegas Raiders. College football was fun. Cyhawk was hot, temperature-wise. Game itself, two really fun defenses to watch. Um, and a dominating performance by Iowa. It happened again. It happened again. Where everything was pointing, Iowa State. Everything was leading to this moment. Matt Campbell was going to get the one monkey off his back. Well, two. The slow starts in August. Well, and throw that in hand in hand with what we saw on Saturday. The Iowa defense is elite. They are. The Iowa special teams are great. Uh huh. The Iowa offense still has some problems, but this is now a top five ranked football team. You had that before the season? Because I sure didn't. No, look, Trent, uh, a couple of names. Charlie Jones was out of his mind. Mm-hmm. They have found a legitimate threat on the wide receiver position. He can return punts, kicks, as as, as well as anybody. Um, especially, look, there was a sequence in the football game. Tariq Milton lets the ball fall in front of him. Mm-hmm. Instead of um, you know getting underneath to make a fair catch, that was a bit about the fifty-yard line or thereabouts. It rolls all the way down to the twenty. Purdy sacked on that possession. Was it three times or twice? They went backwards anyway. I think all three times he lost yardage. One might have been a rush, but yeah, he lost yardage in all three right. of those plays. So so here comes uh, Corey Dunn, who's had one good punt. And the rest, I mean, he's living on that 56-yarder, and he had one good punt against Northern Iowa and lived on that the entire game because the others were not good. Um, Corey Dunn punts the ball. Charlie Jones fielded at, on the sideline and is surrounded. By four players. By four Cyclones who get out of his way, and he proceeds to return the ball. I don't know, 20 or 25 yards. Just an incredible flip of field position. Iowa dominated field position the entire game long. Um, look, Iowa's offense, they still have some warts. It, yes. It's not like it was a perfect day. Now, the second quarter was pretty close to perfect <laughs> and something you can build on, perhaps. But, Trent, I'm starting to wonder about Iowa State's playmakers or lack thereof. Sure. Because uh, did, Hutchinson caught, what, two passes? Not very many. Two or three mm-hmm. passes um, in, the, in the football game. They're going to shut down Brees Hall. They being uh, opposing defenses and let Brock Purdy try and, and, and beat him. 
And you're not seeing the best of Brock Purdy uh, these first two games. I don't know if if you're going to see a different Brock Purdy. But this Iowa defense, let's start right there because they get a lot of credit for Brock Purdy's uh, disappointing performance. This defense running around and making and Justin Jacobs, just when you think you know it's not fair that this guy is is part of this uh, depth chart, they got to find a way to get him on the field mm-hmm. way more, Trent. Because you know what, this is the next great Hawkeye. In my opinion, we talked a lot about Jack Campbell. He, of course, had the He's a hell of a player. Don't get me Good wrong. Player. Didn't get the depth on the big play at the end of the first half that Iowa State got the touchdown out of. Got the ball thrown over his head. But yeah, he's excellent. Justin Jacobs, though, he's, that's next level. If there, if there was a stock in these things, A, I'm probably too late because they would have sold a lot over the week. Mm-hmm. He is a player. And when he figures it out, what you know his job is between mm-hmm. the years at this level, look out. He's always been dubbed as a guy that has the athleticism. He wasn't big coming in. He was like 210 pounds. He's added, obviously, the weight to the frame. But sideline to sideline, he's as athletic as you're going to find. He's excellent in coverage. He's going to get better at that. Mm-hmm. You'd anticipate with more snaps. But go back and watch the force fumble play. And first of all, Chase Allen comes in. Chase Allen he's had a hell of a blocker. An excellent blocker. Yep. Huge frame, six yep. foot seven. And even before Jacobs gets off that block, look the way that he gets up into Chase Allen, it makes Chase Allen look like he wanted to be mm-hmm. anywhere but there. Of course, gets off the block, makes the play, then on top of it, it's a touchdown, and the complexion of the game completely flipped. And how did that happen? How was Iowa State backed up there? It was a punt, again, mm-hmm. by Tory Taylor. Who was, it was unbelievable. And, you know, speaking of punts, I don't know what it is, Matt Campbell. He doesn't trust his players because for him, game after, this isn't just a 2021 Matt Campbell. <laughs> this is going back last year. For instance, Charlie Jones had about 100, yard, 100 return yards in the football game. Iowa State had 11. And I think those 11 came with Tariq Milton with maybe two or three minutes left in the football game. was the only time that I can recall him returning either a kickoff or a punt. So, what? I, I mean, it has to be that he doesn't want a penalty or a turnover. He doesn't trust his guys. And the return yardage, that's a difference of 90 yards right oh, but, there. But I'm told the only yardage total that matters is total yards. I've been told that by Brent Bloom. That's yeah. not true? Yeah, Bloom, he had a tough day. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that tweet he put out didn't uh, didn't go over well. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of pushback. Look, it was, it was all Iowa State, right? Game days in their building. Um, preseason top preseason 10 top ten team. This is the year they're finally going to get the monkey, the Iowa monkey, off of Matt Campbell's back. Yes, it was a slow start against Northern Iowa, but that's their Super Bowl. They were just playing vanilla, right? They weren't showing us anything, mm-hmm. keeping it all under wraps. Because look out, Hawks, we've got something for you when you get to Jack Trice. Um, but Iowa had other plans, and that defense. And here's the thing about the defense for the Hawkeyes. There's still another layer to get to mm-hmm. because this defensive line is getting better and they will get better as the season goes on. And with those linebackers and that secondary, look out. Van Volkenberg went from a guy that was better than average last year. He was all Big Ten because he had five fumble recoveries. That's just, that's not something that happens, right? You look at the numbers and the beat writer for Purdue says, oh, that guy had five fumble recoveries. He's, he's all Big Ten for me. He wasn't first-team All-Big Ten good last year. He was solid. Yeah. He is now. Yeah. And it's not just he is a placeholder, a guy that can set the edge and do those kind of things. He makes plays. Mm-hmm. How about Joe Evans? Another guy that was looked at only as he's a specialist. Just, he's more than that, isn't he? 
He had nine pressures yeah. in the game from no. Pro Football Focus. Huge nine role. pressures. Huge role in the game. Had that big deflection that yep. turned into the interception. Yep. He was all over the place. And then the depth on top of it. You bring in Herkin. I don't even remember that kid being recruited. <laughs> kid from Xavier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Don't remember. I remember seemingly every one of the. Okay, I remember that moment when it happened. Don't remember it. And he's out there and he's making plays. And then you get the young guns, Deontay Craig, who had the sack of the game. You have ten different guys that play along the defensive line. They learned this about what seven eight years back. They went down to Georgia. Phil Parker went down there and said, "What do you guys do? We think schematically we're solid, but what is it? Why are you guys so good up front?" Because we play a lot of guys. Rotation. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're not having guys out there in today's football where you're out on the field 70, 80, mm-hmm. sometimes 90 snaps a game. You can't do that. I you think get- this is the biggest miss by you and I when it comes to Iowa's defense. We didn't think, and, you, and your, your point is, is, is I'm going to make your point for you. We didn't think that the depth was there. No. And, and that's why I was concerned. Absolutely. And had every right to be. And they got dudes. And they got dudes mm-hmm. that are going to come in and they know what they roll and that scheme and the way that he puts together a defense and taking all those parts and makes it work. Going from a defensive backs coach to what he is yeah. now as a coordinator. Good God. Hey, first million dollar coordinator here in the state. It's not, they're not paying him enough. No. Because an SEC team, yeah. they'll pay him three. Oof. They'll pay him four. They might pay him five. Look, Iowa State's defense is terrific in their own right. Don't, yes. don't get me wrong. This right. is a really good defense. There yep. were two really good defenses, defensive teams um, at, at Jack Trice Stadium this past weekend. But Iowa, my gosh, that was unbelievable to watch them. Taylor is an incredible weapon. The way he can flip the field position. Charlie Jones, he's more than just a punt and kick returner. Charlie Jones might be their biggest threat in the receiving game or as big of a threat in the receiving game that they have. Trent, that ball that was just overthrown by an inch, he got a foot down. He did. The ball hit the ground out of bounds. It would have been an unbelievable play. They never had a great camera angle. I do wonder if he would have secured that football. If there would have been enough there to actually give him the touchdown. His, his toe tapped. I thought so, too. But the, Now, I thought Delvin Cook was down yesterday as well, which we is don't another story. Know. Right. And we'll get to that just before 11 o'clock when we look at the NFL. A crazy, crazy Sunday that it was. Um, he's, he's good. Yes. And Tyrone Tracy, there hasn't been a ton there. Uh-uh. Hasn't been a ton in the passing game. But no. you mentioned the second quarter for Iowa. And that's the Spencer Petrus that we've been sold by the Iowa staff, Mm -hmm. the beat writers, Mm -hmm. what they're hearing over there. That's the Spencer Petrus that you see. The sacks that he allowed. Well, the the third down. It's just egregious. Three different times. Knocked him out of field goal range a couple of times. Those are the things that has to get better. And he's not athletic. He's not a guy that's going to wow you with your feet. But you still have to be able pocket presence. How how often do we talk with quarterbacks Mm, at Iowa? Yep. And the lack of awareness inside the pocket, that's still something mm-hmm. that's a concern with him. But the Rocket, some of those throws that he oh. made, he's got a cannon. Yeah. He's got a gun. Unfortunately, there was the first, the third, and the fourth quarters of the football game right. that weren't exactly glowing. Look, I'm not giving up on Spencer Petras. He got teased a little bit in the second quarter. Does he need to get better now that, the, well, they got two more layups this week, Kent State, uh, and then the following week, uh, Colorado State, who's who's uh, looking very much like a winless football team. I mean, they've got 0-12 written all over them. But there's going to come a time where you're going to need Spencer Petras uh, to lead you to victory. And you've seen glimpses of it. And what we've seen glimpses of, speaking of, Padilla, there seems to be a pretty big gap there. It's not yeah. like Padilla's coming in to save the day, I don't think. 
I thought more than anything this summer when we had these conversations, I was hopeful that a guy that could move around a little bit would add an extra element. Still got to be able to throw the football, though. And is he there from the limited times that we've seen him? Probably not. Not look, you can run it where Petrus can't, mm-hmm. and you got to be able to a little bit. You know, speaking of quarterbacks, I, I thought uh, Matt Campbell made a big mistake pulling Brock Purdy. Now, I would have pulled Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't have pulled him then. I, I, there, what was it? Twelve minutes, ten, whatever. There was at minutes. least three possession, at least three possessions left in the in the football game for Iowa State. Um, all August, we were told this is the best quarterback in the history of the program. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not, and this is based on more than just yesterday. The right answer to that question is Seneca Wallace. Brock Purdy has incredible numbers, but he's not the best quarterback to ever play in Ames. He's got a lot more help, precisely. But for him to get pulled. Uh, when he did, there's a couple of things. I go back to August, and I heard it, and I said it when Randy Peterson was on, and because I asked him the question, are you hearing what I'm hearing, that it's that they really like Deckers and that they will go to Deckers maybe quicker than anybody would think if Purdy's struggling? No. And I said, Randy, they put him on a picture. His picture's on a, on one of the tickets, one of the season <laughs> tickets. You never put a backup quarterback on you unless there's something there. Ah, you got too much time on your hands. <laughs> Remember, that was his precise I, I answer. I do, yes, absolutely. So, they went to him, and again, I have no problem going to him, but the timing of it, it looked as though, you not quit, you didn't quit on the game, but you Wait. had to give Purdy another chance. This is your guy, Matt Campbell. I don't have to tell you that. They're as close as any quarterback coach in, in, in college football. It was too early. Remember last year, the Louisiana game, with about five minutes left, and Iowa State did the same thing. Basically waved the white flag and said, eh. We got beat. Mm-hmm. Now it happens in this game, and it happens with 12 minutes left. With your in-state rival, with game day, with the national media in mass watching your program. Playing armchair psychologist here, but does that say something about Matt Campbell? This is not a one-off now. This has happened twice. Mm-hmm. When things aren't going your way, take my ball and go home. Yeah, I, I don't. It's not a good look. I, I didn't think it was a good look either. Again, I, I have no problem with Deckers getting in. It was just the timing of it. It was too soon. Now, it's too early. One thing that I think we got to walk, and we're going to find out obviously more this week as we hear from Campbell and and the beat writers get a chance to talk to them more. Maybe he got concussed because he made a tackle. He was in that scrum after the third interception. He was down there. Maybe he got dinged there. Maybe that's actually what it was. And we know Matt Campbell, as it pertains to injuries, we're not going to get anything. Well, he wasn't forthcoming after the game. Right. If that was what it was. It's a theory. It's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen much bandied about about it, but that would make sense, obviously. But I thought, do you remember the shot? I don't know. There was a timeout on the field or there was a change of possession. Purdy's got his helmet on. I thought he was going back into the game. Oh, really? Iowa State had cut it. They'd scored. Okay. And I thought Purdy was about to be reinserted into the football game. But he wasn't. Deckers mm-hmm. came out. Look, um, we'll see if this backfires or not. The good news is they should get well this week against UNLV. Yeah. I watched the UNLV-Arizona State game yesterday morning. I recorded it. And UNLV's dual-threat left-handed quarterback, Bloomfield is his name, mm-hmm. he got hurt. Oh, and he didn't, have, he didn't finish the game. Now, Tate Martell is there. You remember Tate Martell I and do. his story? Yes. They showed him on the sidelines, and he was wearing the ball cap, and he wasn't going to play. Uh, he was signaling in the plays. But the dual-threat lefty quarterback who was 
he looked pretty good when yeah. in, in the game early. Because I saw him the week out. before against Eastern Washington. When he I, came in yes, the game. And I thought, hey, yeah. that guy can move around and make some plays. He's got a decent arm. Right. Maybe they got something there. But he's hurt. Yeah. So I don't know what would take away from this weekend. I think it's a big number, 30 points for crying out loud. Right. Um, and what we've seen out of, against two very good defenses, but what we've seen out of the Iowa State offense and that offensive line, Phil Steele, it's not the fourth best no, offensive line not. in the country. But you know what? It is maybe the, the Iowa's defense is as good as it is in the country. Look, for the good news for both of the offenses on display, Iowa State, you're not going to see a defense that you like, like you saw on Saturday going forward. Iowa, you're not going to see a defense. Maybe Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, Penn State. Okay. They're, yeah, they're on schedule too. But this is, Iowa State's got a really good defense. Yes. Iowa State's got a really good defense. So does Iowa. I uh, thought it was going to be a low-scoring game. Said last week, I'm not sure how I State's going to score against them. And thank goodness for that missed field goal late for us underplayers. How about that? I when had... Campbell sent him onto the field, I'm thinking, oh, my God. And it was the right call. Campbell, it absolutely, absolutely was the right call. Because you make that field yes. goal, you have Get another the onside chance. Kick. Yes, that's what you do there. <laughs> that was a great coaching decision yes. there by Campbell. Give him credit where uh-huh. credit's due. Guy's got to make, the, as Herb Street yeah. said, but you got to make the good field goal. I, good idea, but you got to make it, and, and he didn't goal. make it. Yeah, it was. Look, game day's there, Kutcher's there. Uh, Lee Corso brings out the trophy to the set because Ooh. Iowa State fans hadn't seen it in a while. That was a stinger. Oh, stinger! And then the game, the way it unfolded, like uh, I mean, Iowa took them to the shed. They were just the more physical. They were just a better football team. And loyal sons piling out in the yeah. End of I don't the third. have a problem with that. I I leave games all the time. I don't. It's um. It was a hot ninety something degree day. If you were sitting on the east side, mm. they should give you a ribbon on your way out first for if you stayed till the very end because that sun was beating down on you. It was. Oh my gosh, it was ninety three degrees, Trent. Hot one. Oh, and wore the blacks. And the, yeah, that's another thing. Um, on, a, on a day like that. Anyways, Jeff has been very patient. Love to hear from him, and we shall. What's on your mind, Jeff? Guys, how are you? Good. Good. So I was at the game, and it was very hot, just like you guys said, and you know, you guys talked about national TV, game day, all of that. Um, just a couple nuggets I want to give you guys. It was absolutely dead in there, not just because Iowa won. In my opinion, there was no... There was no hype. There was no buzz. Um, the crowd from from kickoff was just drained. And I'm not going to put that on the heat, but for a game like that, I was shocked that Iowa State fans were not, you know, you watch, I don't know, I was at the game, but, you know, you turn on the Michigan game, and that crowd is absolutely on fire. Mm-hmm. And it never got to that point. Um you guys touched on that Petrus touchdown in the second quarter. That was a that was a dime in a small window, fellas. Yep. That was unbelievable. Yeah, he can do it. Um, mm-hmm. And he can do it. Um, a, a good friend of mine who I trust, I don't care what writers you guys get on. I don't care the, the professionals that you get on. I call it the eye test. And, guys, I sat there and watched the whole game. Iowa State, offensively, they do not have it. And I don't care if they play UNLV and put up 40 or what they do against Baylor, but when they play a really good team, I don't know if if, if Purdy's got handcuffs on. I don't know if they're going to load the box on the running game twenty four seven. But they, they, they should field. Yeah. Well, they I mean their their tight ends can't you know they get about ten twelve yards. Mm-hmm. 
they can't stretch the field, guys. No, they and, don't. They don't have the athletes. I agree with you. Take Hutchinson out of the game, and the secondary absolutely did there. Kohler's going to get his. Kohler's an NFL player. He's not an. He's not a first or a second day pick, but he's an NFL player. But they don't have wide receiver number two, and it's a glaring, glaring weakness on that football team. It, it's glaring, and moving forward, you know. My biggest point is, you know, we want to give Iowa State love. We want to give Campbell love, and, 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 and he deserves it. Um, why, not, why aren't we talking about Kirk getting love with everything that was going on mm-hmm. two years ago with the racism mm-hmm. and the weightlifting, and we're talking about Campbell with getting a huge extension and all these things. Why aren't we talking about let's, let's make sure Kirk stays for another five years. I know they got their son. But look what Kirk's doing through all of this, and yeah. oh, we got a baby eighteen-year-old, and you know it's a new it's a new game, and sixty-year-olds can't coach. We got to get younger and younger and younger. Let's not forget what Kirk, what Kirk's done the last five years, losing the last two or the first two games last season, winning six straight. Yeah. Now they got a top five school right now. Let's. It's pretty insane how Iowa just floats under the radar. And Iowa State, what have they really done? Yeah, they beat the Ducks. Yep, it, it, you know. It's it's pretty crazy, guys. So I just want to give you my Jeff. Nugget. Thanks for the call. Day. Thanks, Jeff. Yep, you do the same. Yeah, look at Ferentz. Uh, Holly Rowe asked to be choked up. You did. I mean, that was great. That's that. I love that about Kirk Ferentz. Mm-hmm. He he's not afraid to show his emotions, and 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 he did. Again, this team means a lot to him, Trent. This team means a lot to him. There's no doubt about that. Um, they love to play for him. The, 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 the social media that we saw, we wouldn't have seen this a couple of years ago right. uh, from his players. Uh, there was a little trash talk, and you guys take the hype, we'll take the trophy. Somewhere mm-hmm. Was that Riley Moss? One yeah, of them. and that was something not lost. And, and I brought this up last week after the Goodson comments about, oh boy, here's bulletin board material. This is going to be such a big thing. I heard from a couple people in Iowa City. This week was very easy to get everybody locked in. It, it always is an in-state game, but with the hype they heard all summer long about mm-hmm. Iowa State, mm-hmm. with all the glowing praise of Matt Campbell, with all of these things. And yeah, Campbell, after that touchdown two years ago, and him jawing back at the Iowa sideline, right, yeah. they have not forgot about it, and they will never forget about that. That was taken as an absolute slight to the Iowa coaching staff, and they will not forget that. They think they're so blank and smart. Well, Phil Parker and his defense, it's a smart defense over there. That, the way this week went, the way that this team was locked in, it was easy this mm-hmm. week to get them ready. Can and, I say and what Goodson said was exactly what everybody was thinking sure. inside that building. Sure. He just said it out loud. Um, can I say one other thing that, I, that I'll still never understand as long as I live? <laughs> it, it, the reluctance from both fan bases to play this game. Mm-hmm. Gent, this was unbelievable this past week. The hype out of the game, the game itself. Look, you beat Wisconsin, you're not going to high V on Sunday morning or wherever you go to Sunday morning, and you're not having the continued conversation if you beat Penn State or you beat Wisconsin, Minnesota, or Illinois, or whoever. Likewise, Iowa State. You don't have a rival. But if you did, you wouldn't be talking about that. This game means so much to our state, I will never understand I hope we never. I hope we don't ever play this game. If this game goes away, I couldn't care less. I hate this game. Blah blah blah. This is our state's biggest game, and it's not even close. Central Iowa's biggest game. Yeah, no, I don't think I. I agree with you to an extent. You mean to tell me that Eastern Iowa yesterday morning that they're not talking about this football game? Well, of course, and they'd be talking about Wisconsin and Minnesota. Yeah, but not to this extent. This is. I, this you're means wrong. I've lived there. You're wrong. It's just not that big of a deal there. It isn't. <sighs> It just isn't. 
And, and I know it's hard to wrap your mind it, around it, because it's of where we are. It's impossible for me to wrap my mind around it. But there aren't many Iowa State fans in Eastern Iowa. There aren't where I grew up in North Iowa. It just, yes, it's important because, but you don't have, it's not 50-50. It's 90-10. What does the high V in Iowa City do when it, the Wisconsin game? How about this? The do Shields. they put up an, a Wisconsin display or is there a Cyhawk display? I went to Shields when I was over there for state baseball. Okay. Walked into the Shields. In when? July, right? Yep. Yep. And you walk in, of course, the Shields here. Yeah. There's Iowa section. Yeah. And there's Iowa State section. There was a bigger UNI section than there is an Iowa State section in the Shields in Iowa City. Yeah, but you know what? This is the biggest population base. I just don't, I, I'll never understand the, we don't want to play this game. Well, if this now, game goes away, I don't give a damn. This is not, nothing that I actually believe, but here's a perspective. What does Iowa have left to prove in this game? You had a top 10 team. You had game day there. You had all this. But what did they have to prove going into this game? They beat them every year. Right. And and now you just beat. But they had to elevate again to beat them again this year. You got to keep them. Look, they're not going to win every game, although maybe they will. The way it's going. It feels that way after six straight. Oh, my gosh. Yes. If you trade this in for Wake Forest, that sucks. Washington State, that's garbage. Mm -hmm. But if you trade it in for a big time opponent, you got Florida State coming in for a home and home. That doesn't get people riled up. Maybe, maybe in the eastern part of the state. I don't think it would here. I think that people will miss this game. I don't think you know what you've got until it's gone. That's fair. And all Missouri, Kansas, huge rivalry. Right. You Utah and BYU are taking a couple of years off for their series. Mm-hmm. This was the last time these two were going to play. The and Holy one, War. That's a rivalry. Right. So is this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder what, how it's going to go over in Salt Lake or in Provo or wherever uh, in the state of Utah. I mean, I gotta think it's a pretty big deal. Absolutely, it is a pretty big deal here for this one. I don't understand it. I don't want it to go away either. And there's ideas out there with the forming of the alliance. If it actually happens and it comes to fruition, where the game doesn't have to go away completely, but will there be a two-year break? I think so. I think that's a realistic scenario during those two years. And if Iowa State's really good, yeah, we'll hear those kind of things. But from an Iowa perspective, to have an opportunity. To actually play that game against Notre Dame that they tried to two years ago, three years ago. Well, they still could. That's, see, I never understand. You still can. Don't play Montana. Don't play Wyoming. Play Notre Dame. Well, it's a neutral stadium. You're going to get half the gate. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Bart is not, not going to be able to make ends meet. Play Iowa State. You want to play Notre Dame? Knock Wyoming off the schedule. Don't play North Texas. Lose the Colorado State game. Who cares about Kent State? So Iowa needs to be the only team in the country to play 11. But they're not. They would be. They absolutely would be. In that scenario, they would be the only Power 5 team to play 11 Power 5 opponents. If you play nine conference games, if Mm -hmm. you play eight, and that's the way that it's trending. And that's why they asked Iowa State to get out for a year so they could play Notre Dame, and Iowa State wouldn't let them. And they shouldn't. They absolutely so should. This is Iowa the state's put biggest game. So they would have had an opportunity to play Notre Dame, but they should put themselves at a competitive disadvantage in order to do that. That's not going to happen either, and that's why the game obviously mm. didn't come to fruition. So it was Iowa State that wouldn't let them out of this? Is that what you're telling that's me? That's what I've heard. That's what I've continually heard. But They, they asked for a one-year hiatus in the game yeah. so they could play Notre Dame in, in Soldier Field. And, and that year they had Wyoming and North Texas. Correct. So you don't well, want to lose one of those. Right, because then you'd be playing yeah, eleven. But when power you win fifty-five to ten, do you really get anything out of that? But why put yourself at a disadvantage? That's what the reason they ask for it. Who does your fan base want to see more? You want to see? You want to see Iowa State? You want to see North Texas? So Alabama doesn't do it. Clemson doesn't do it. 
Wisconsin, your Big Ten brethren don't do it, well, but you need to be the one. Well, because Iowa State just can't afford to do it. But does it does it matter in the grand scheme of things? It's not good if you're playing Wisconsin, you beat Wisconsin, you're, you're representing the West, regardless of what happened against Iowa State or Notre Dame. But you're playing a non conference of Iowa State, Notre Dame, and Team X. Okay, play Team X injuries. That's eh, football. Somebody can get hurt this week against Kent State. They can. Those are at least the theories behind yeah, it. Yeah, I don't like either of them. Play the damn game. It's the state's biggest game. Bar none. Central Iowa's close. biggest game. Uh, but there's more people here. And, and those people, uh, there's more voices. We will take a break. We'll come back. Uh, one of those voices from the eastern part of the state is Scott Dockerman. He writes for The Athletic. Uh, he will join us next. Uh, Trent and I will get into the NFL after Doc for a few minutes. Crazy, crazy weekend. If you bet dogs... Uh, they were certainly barking this past weekend. Eleven and four overall, including the Thursday night game. Uh, underdogs were eleven and four. Jesus, uh, Miller and Condon back after this. Fourteen sixty kicks and a one hundred six ahip dot com. Now back to Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three FM. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty KXNO one hundred six point three FM. You know another hawk that uh, jumped off the screen to me. Second half specifically, Nick DeYoung. Oh yeah, what's his story? Uh, he was good. Pella kid, yeah. walk on, I believe. He and, walked on. Yeah, found <laughs> another one. That's Jeez. out there. That offensive line has a chance to get a lot better with Shooter coming back. Right. I I keep DeYoung at right tackle. He's played well. He looked really good. You wonder how that rotation is going to work at the guard position. Saw a lot of uh, Kobe too, the true freshman. Thought he had some good yes, snaps out there yeah, too. You're, uh, you're C-O-L-B-Y, right? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. I remember him. Uh, let's get Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. He joins the program. Doc Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, appreciate it. Doc, read your piece this morning at the Athletic, as I always do, and you're 100% right. Uh, the second quarter teased Hawkeye fans with that offense, what it could be. But what happened in quarters one, three, and four was kind of how you summed it up. And you're right. They're going to need more. There's big games down the road uh, for this team, and the defense is not going to be able to bail them out each and every game. They need more from the offense. What do they need to do, Scott Dockerman? Oh, that's a great question, and Lord knows I wish I had all the answers for that. But I would start with uh, they, the passing game has to get better. And we saw glimpses of that in the second quarter. I mean, that, that those two scoring drives, uh, Spencer Petras showed every reason why the, the coaching staff has faith in him. Um, those good-time throws that were reminded me of his predecessors making those kinds of throws. But then when you look at uh, the other three quarters combined, I mean, you know, you go, what, 9 of 14 in the second quarter, but then you're like 3 of uh, 11 in the, in the three other quarters combined for 12 yards? That's you're, you're, that's rough territory there, and they've got to get better. Now, um, you know, I, I certainly didn't I, – I was thinking it the whole time after the game, but I'm like, you know what, can't really rain on this parade right now. That was a pretty big win for the <laughs> right. Hawkeyes. But now that, they're, now that they're ranked number five, the scrutiny is going to be in, much more intense of this team. And you know every day on College Football Live on the Feinbaum mm-hmm. Show, our site, people are going to start really examining these teams and – and Iowa has this flaw. It needs to get better quickly. So the offensive line mentioned Shooter coming back. It hasn't been great by any means. It hasn't been running lanes. But they've also gone up against two top 20 defenses mm-hmm. in Indiana and Iowa State here. they got a chance to get right in, to figure some things out here these next two weeks. Kent State, they can score. 
but their defense is brutal. Colorado State is an awful football team the following week. You know, we talked this summer, Doc. It'd be great if it would have been those two games and then Indiana-Iowa State. Alas, they're not going to turn around now after starting 2-0 and here. But what do you look to see here these next two weeks? Offensively, what are the things they need to work on to be right before it's Maryland-Penn State? I think in some ways it's just the getting back to the basics. Uh, uh, let's start with the running game. I mean, Iowa State, let's give them all the credit in the world. Their defense met the match in mm-hmm. Iowa. The difference was Iowa did force turnovers. This wasn't They weren't just gift-wrapped. I mean, they forced them. So, I mean, and that impacted the game. Iowa State did not force those turnovers, and Iowa didn't give them that. So I think, but you do have to respect the fact that that is as good of a defense as Iowa will play all regular season. And, uh, and truly, I think only Wisconsin is the one that can match what Iowa State is capable of doing. I think that was an outstanding defense, not just a good one. However, um, they've got to get right in the running game. And I think there are little problems that they have that can get corrected. They've got a good running back. They've got a couple of good players up there. It's really based on consistency. And I, I wrote a little bit about the right side of the line. I agree with you that Nick DeYoung played pretty well. Um, the right guard, whether it was Justin Britt or whoever, didn't play as well, and, and Jack Plum didn't play as well. I, I think a lot of cases when you're looking at stretch plays on the, the front side or away from the right side, I think that's where some of the problems are, which is, you know, making sure you get to the second level, get to your blocks. Because a lot of those defenders were free and flowing to the football. Now, granted, that is Iowa State's defense, and they're really good at it. Mm-hmm. But that's but you've got to be better. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and so I really am anxious to see what happens when Kyle Shot, Tyler Shot gets back. What do they do? You know, do they flip, say, Cody Ince around? Or do they, uh, you know, move some guys the next few weeks? Uh, how, how do they build this kind of chemistry that they need in the running game. So I think that's really where it starts because if they could run the football, they're going to win just about every game. And then it comes down to passing, just making sure you make key plays in, in key situations. But if they can't run the football, you're going to have to rely on your passing attack. And it's, um, it, it's inconsistent at best and poor at in, in most areas. Yeah, I, I was going to use the word pedestrian. I think that's what it is, at least to this point. But you know what, Doc? I think that there's the solution might be staring them right in the eyes, and that's number 16, Charlie Jones, who they clearly got more involved uh, in the football game. And we, we saw the touchdown pass. They just missed another one. I thought Jones tapped his toe, but the ball hit the ground. Would have been a spectacular type of play. Uh, it, it seems like it's pretty apparent uh, that Brian Ferentz is going to uh, include Charlie Jones more going forward don't you think well sure and he's pretty much elevated himself to be in the at least the number two receiver i don't think that they targeted tyrone tracy enough i mean i think maybe he was taken away a little bit but i think what the problem is isn't so much charlie jones or anything it's really about the 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 reliance upon the tight end and yesterday uh you know sam laporta had six targets only one catch there were a lot of times when Petrus was only looking for him, forced the ball in there, or, uh, you know, and there were other guys who were open. And I think, you know, whether it's an impatience or just an over-reliance, they've got to get that figured out because it was pretty obvious Iowa State knew how to stop Iowa, which was, hey, make sure you sell out in the run game, slow down the tight end, and, and even uh, adjust on those quick passes because that's where Petrus is at his best. And, um, you know, Iowa was able to hit a couple of big ones when on longer developing routes. But other than that, it was uh, they did an outstanding job defending what Iowa does well. So I do think 
It's about spreading the ball around, making sure you're not relying on the tight end um, at all times. Because as good as he is, he's not um, T.J. Hawkinson. Let's put it that way. Sure. So I think they need to do a little bit more there. Defensively, they played well once again. Joe Evans, nine pressures in the game, had a big deflection. Van Volkenberg, he was all over the place. They played ten guys up front. Doc, it was a concern for me. I know it was a concern for you. Now they have a defensive line that feels like, at the very least, it's pretty good. And there's a lot more upside to it. Deontay Craig making a play there. Ten guys out there on the defensive line on a hot day. Is it fair to say Iowa's got a lot of depth now up front? Sure, I think they do, and uh, and that's really a good thing for them because they're going to need it this week because Kent State has a is a really a high tempo team that likes to stamp the ball in between fifteen and eighteen seconds. Really, um, you know, rarely uses a tight end. Is spread most of the time. Is RPO a lot of the time. So I, I think what uh, I was going to have to use all of those those uh, defenders quite a bit. So they're going to get a lot of experience this week too. And and but I think. Making sure you rotate those guys, especially on the interior, keeping them fresh enough and so they can rush, I think is really important. And we even saw it late in the game when, when Iowa State brought in Hunter Deckers. Uh, they were pretty winded and they were pretty overheated, which I think anybody in the world would have been at that point. But I think it was really important for the parts of the game that they were uh, that they were, uh, you know, hydrated and, and, and fresh and healthy. And I think they're going to be, you know, because they're not, you know, they're, they're going to face some decent offenses. This one will challenge them in different ways, but I don't think that this is a an offense that's going to put up 30 on them or anything. So I, I think, you know, in the future, we're going to start to see a little bit of separation among the, the players, and we'll find out who's the, um, you know, who's the guy that's going to be on the field a lot during this, like, say, Penn State and Wisconsin. Speaking of the future, Doc, looks as though there's a future NFL player uh, in that linebacker spot in Justin Jacobs, who's unbelievable when he's on the field. I get that he's still learning uh, and maybe hasn't reached that part, has, that part of the game hasn't sunk in yet, but the athleticism is off the charts. Uh, th- they've got something here in number five, Justin Jacobs. They got two of the best linebackers in the country, in my opinion, and Jack Campbell and Justin Jacobs. And and Jacobs, uh, as we all know, was a four star from Ohio and ended up sticking with Iowa even after Ohio State came after him. And he was fantastic the other day. I mean, his his forced fumble on Brees Hall was really the the game changing play. Uh, but it's also just the way he plays. And what I one thing I really liked about what Iowa was doing at times was. When they were getting in, when they were forcing third and long situations, I kind of called it their NASCAR cash, and that was they left Jacobs on the field as the weak side linebacker and and, and then ran five defensive backs. So they really had, in in essence, six defensive backs on the field Mm. because Jacobs can really run sideline to sideline, and he's only a sophomore. I think this is a, uh, he is a budding superstar alongside Jack Campbell, who, in my opinion, might be the best defensive player in in America. So, I remember back to 2015, and are we getting ahead of ourselves? Yeah, probably. But the rank yeah, fifth in the going. AP. And there was something about that team. We know the sum of the parts was better than the individual pieces there, but just how much Kirk loved that team. He, he loved what they embodied. And hearing him in the post-game press conference, talking with, with Holly Rowe, you could hear the crack in the voice that came out. Mm-hmm. It feels like after what this program, what Kirk went through last summer, he's enjoying the hell out of this, and he loves this group of guys. Is that fair? Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, to see what they came through, and you know, we all talked about it uh, quite a bit last summer and last fall. I mean, everything that they 
that there is a program. And to come out in this way and look like a much better program, first of all, that's yeah. most important, that all of them are better situated. But the fact that they're in, um, that they just seem to really enjoy each other's company. They play hard for each other. They talk about the teamwork and, and selflessness. I think that's, that really embodies what he wants from his team, no matter what the outcome is. And then, of course, you look at the way they're performing. This defense is much better than that 2015 team. I don't think there's any question. Wow. I think I actually think the offensive line will be better too. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, certainly with Linderbaum, he's better, and I think overall it will be improved from that era. Um, my big question is is quarterback, and that's the one that I mean, C.J. Beathard tipped the field at times, yep. and if he was on this team, <laughs> I would I would say this is a bona fide playoff caliber team, um, but. Hey, you know this is this is going to be Spencer Petrus's gig. He's got to make it happen, or they got to look to somebody else. And uh, and to me, that's the separator between whether or not this team is the best team in the Big Ten and a, and a CFP contender or a team that's uh, almost there. Doc, uh, there's no doubt about it. Expectations have clearly been raised after what we saw on Saturday and what we've seen throughout the Big Ten. Ohio State getting picked off, Wisconsin getting picked off. They clearly look like the best team in the West. Oh, boy. Buckle up. It's going to be fun. Scott Dockerman, thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. Uh, the Athletic. What have you got coming up this week, Doc, we can look forward to? Anything you want to promote? Well, I think uh, right now we've, we've got quite a bit. I mean, everybody's writing about Iowa now, uh, you know, not only myself, but, you know, partners like Nicole Arbach and, yeah. and Stuart Mandel. They're buying in into the Hawkeyes. Should. So we're going to have quite a bit of, of coverage of Iowa throughout. And, uh, you know, certainly their special teams merits a lot of consideration because that's they go hand in hand with what the defense is doing. So I think right now that's that's what we're looking for right now this week and going up against uh, you know kind of an under radar threat in in Kent State. So uh, yeah, we still have a fifty percent offer. We extended through next Monday. Oh good! If anybody wants to hop on and join? By all means, it's uh, we're still we'd be glad to have you as a subscriber. And they'd be glad that they did. It's it's certainly well worth it. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. Talk to you next week. Appreciate it, Doc. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. We'll take a time. I was going to spend a couple of minutes, literally, that's all we'll have, uh, talking about week number one in the NFL. What a fun, fun weekend Uh, it was to lift the lid on NFL season. Miller and Condon are on 1460 KXNO and (laughs) 11 o'clock spend a couple of minutes literally all we have recapping week number one of the nfl we'll do more tomorrow we'll get nick athen in here maybe jeff hughes on to bears your takeaways from week one in the nfl other than the favorites that went down yeah. one after another what's your biggest takeaway uh a race to seven in the nfc north Oof. they all got beat can anyone win seven games six well, and eleven that gonna get it done <laughs> I know you're Maybe being a little facetious, but, uh, but glaring. I mean, look, at yeah. I thought Dalvin Cook was down. I thought sure. Minnesota got screwed. Not they not necessarily would have kicked a field goal. Uh, hats off from coming back to penalties. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's 17. They, you know, weren't all walked off. They declined a number of them. But one false start after another. What else? Aaron Rodgers looked god-awful. Terrible. Didn't um, want to be there. And I asked that question to many of our NFL people this summer. Is there a possibility this could mm. cause strife inside the locker room? I never no, even gave it a second no, no, thought. No. Um, I, yeah, I believe my good. cohort over there looked to be like I had two heads. <laughs> didn't look good on the sidelines there. That's no, for sure. No, he didn't. Uh, completely, look, one week is not a season. 
but the Steelers are better than I thought. That's a good win, going into Buffalo and winning the way that they did and shutting them down. If you bet the Niners yesterday, you're sick to your stomach. Absolutely. You turned the channel. Yes. You were counting your money. Been there before. <laughs> Whoops. Betting on sports. Jared um, Goff comes rolling back in that Jesus. one. The Chargers had a nice win mm-hmm. over the football team. Uh, Fitz is out. Does Cam Newton resurface in Washington? What happened to the Titans? Trent, that was That brutal. defense is still awful. Just absolutely But the offense brutal. couldn't get it going either. Right. Uh, my Broncos got a nice win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny a- Jones sucks. He's terrible. Yeah, the fumble was... He's got 30 fumbles in his career now. I know. He's starting year three. I know. 30 fumbles? But you know what? He's kind of like Petrus. He teases you a little bit. You see that throw? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looked anything like the first overall pick. Zach Wilson looked anything but the second overall pick. Did Trey Lance get hurt? No, he came in for play. Well, I don't know if he did, actually. Yeah, I saw him early. I thought he got hurt at some point in the football game. What else? The Eagles looked good. Yeah, remember Chiefs and Browns. My God, what a, what a game. game that was! Yeah, remember when I was telling you Atlanta was winking at me in the corner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, luckily I found out that yeah. Falcons have to clap, and I stayed away because whoo, that's a bad football team already. It's look, it's looking like it. Yeah, the Chiefs Browns. I mean, the 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 punter. I don't know how he got back on the plane uh, with his teammates. He let them down big time. What are you going to watch tonight? Are you going to watch Manning? Manning? No, I am. No, no, I'm no. going to watch the well, Manning. I will flip to it at some point. And I'm sure I'll be it. I don't have the same love as the Manning. Well, mostly Peyton Wright for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I like Eli too, but yeah, Peyton Wright. I don't have the same love. I just want to see what it is. We're talking about the alternate broadcast. I don't think you're going to like it. We'll see. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to start there. That's where you're starting. I'm going to start there. Not even a... Well, I'll watch the you know the pregame and stuff up to it. Right. When, they, when the ball kicks off, I'm going to be with Peyton and Eli. Wow. We'll see. You're going to be disgusted. I can I can tell at ten oh one tomorrow morning what the conversation is going to be already. Uh, do you have an opinion? Well, we'll get to your opinion later on. Mr. Monday night is fired up. He's got a huge one. You tonight. know the game last night it ended. Did you flip over to ESPN to catch the end of Mets Yankees? No, I saw though that there were a lot of histrionics going on. There. It was unbelievable. Stan hits a home run and stops it short to talk to Lindor. Those two going back and forth. Lindor gets his turn in the batter's box. Eighth inning. Hits another home run. I think it was his third of the game. What a finish. Well, that was fun TV last night. Fun first hour of the program. Well, at least from our perspective. Oh, yeah. I had fun. We will uh, have another hour coming up. Bama Bob Trent and I go around college football. Lots to cover. Michael Swain on Iowa State at 1130. We're here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.